quick note, I've been trying out different microphones and sound settings and all this, and I have not gotten it quite right. I keep trying. Um, I don't want to spend too much time uh, pursuing just the right fix, but I'm trying to get better. I apologize for the sound artifacts in uh, episodes and the different volumes between the intro and transition music and the voice part. I'm still figuring it out. Um, my apologies. Hello, and welcome to Likely True. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about alter egos. Do you have alter egos? Do you use alter egos? I think of them as a tool. I've heard them used and uh, referred to and recommended as tools. Um, I think some people naturally discover this as a tool. I think others, um, maybe it evolves and they don't recognize how it's serving them. Any tool can be a weapon if you hold it right. So the, the, they can be become crutches, but they may also be a good way for you to compartmentalize in processing um, or engaging with different aspects of your life. There's different ways of thinking about um, alter egos and particularly their role. And maybe when you think about an alter ego, you might think about a superhero or something like this, right? You might think of uh, Clark Kent, Clark Kent to Superman, right? And that's that's a fine use. I think they're actually more commonplace than than in the superheroes. We think about online um, presences. We think about um, empathy and personas, different things like this. But I'm I'm curious to to explore it from the perspective of for oneself in in dealing with the world. Um, and as a tool for exploration and evolution. Um, so if we think about um, alter egos, you know, there's, I can think of like four things, purposes, that all alter egos can serve. So one is as a disguise, right, as protection. Second is, is a per practice in perspective taking. The third in trying out new approaches. And a fourth is a separation for, you know, reflection through that distance. So I'm going to go through those in a little more detail, um, give examples where I can, and think about, you know, what, what alter egos are and, and how they may or may not already exist or um, be used. So start with the first one as disguise or protection. So um, in, in person, this is very different than online, um, but anonymity, right? This unknownness can be very valuable, um, particularly if you're at risk in expressing a particular um, aspect that you're of yourself that you're curious about, right? And so that disguise protection piece can vary, obviously, in person, online. We, we can think about these sort of alter egos um, as uh, this, this, uh, there's a safety piece there, right, in a disguise. There's safety when you're protecting something. And, and what are you protecting um, with this alter ego? 
Now, obviously, disguise and protection can also bring to mind things that are dangerous, right? Are, is someone discover, uh, disguising their true intent? Is someone um, protecting themselves from being held accountable? Um, but I'm going to focus on this from the sort of positive lens of why you might use this um, for personal purposes. So again, anonymity has a sort of power to it, um, especially in uh, digital spaces. And when you are um, in a place that may or may not have uh, people who are open about uh, certain aspects of their lives and you have a lot of curiosity there and you're getting a lot of pushback or threats, obviously um, developing an alter ego that you use when you are exploring online may be helpful there because that may be the only space where you get to um, pursue that. So where that becomes uh, an alter ego versus your true self, I think that's your exploration space. You know, this is using that disguise or protection. Um, when you're using anonymity, you probably have, you know, some sort of handle, right? Some username. And that in itself can become over time affiliated with an alter ego. Um, so whatever your handle may be, uh, and maybe that that has affiliations for you because you use that handle in certain spaces. And if you went into other spaces, you know, that were, um, you know, LinkedIn or some more professional space, maybe you might not have the same sort of user ID approach that you would in a space that is more um, welcoming of anonymity and a place where you feel you need to be uh, more disguised or protected. The next uh, use of an alter ego would be practice in perspective taking. So when I think of the Clark Kent Superman dynamic, I actually think it's more there for um, this perspective taken. Um, you know, it's how to be a human in that space. Um, and I think we do this practice in perspective taking and only if we sort of persist in doing it regularly does it become an alter ego. So an example of this might be um, maybe you have a persona that you project onto a pet. I think that is an alter ego. Uh, your, your, your animal may have demonstrated distinct personality traits as you understand them and you have a voice that goes on with that. Um, or maybe you have this practice when you're dealing with young kids, whether they're your own kids, uh, friend or family. These are, you know, myself at that age, what was my approach? What might I be thinking? Right. And so if you get in a practice of that perspective taken, um, often enough, you might kind of see yourself in this role more commonly, right? And so you might say, oh, well, um, teenage Kara would have really had a different <laughs> take on this. And maybe, um, you know, that becomes a whole lens for trying to understand your, um, you know, teenage cousins. And so you're thinking through your perspective and it is this art of, you know, it's empathy. It's, it's, uh, that sort of thinking, but it, it is a 
practice that you use often enough that you might kind of be like, oh, I'm going to switch into teen Kara mode so I can understand this. How would I do this? And it's a stretch for you, right? So it is, it's an alternative version of yourself. It's an alter ego. And if you just do it once, is it really an alter ego? If you do it enough, like that might be something that becomes a tool for you to practice that um, and experience that. And there's also a way of using this that I, I think of when you're trying to parse something that is difficult. So um, you might project um, uh, a an, a different perspective on um, a personality to to try and understand it from a different lens, right? So if you they're talking heads, you know, pundits on television that you find troubling, um, maybe you think of them, you know, this practice in perspective taking. There's an alter ego there that's actually this idea of them as performance artists, and you're trying to think about how they're pushing the boundaries of their art form in this performance that they're doing. And so this is your imagining an, of an alter ego for this person. So that is still this practice in perspective taking. It's kind of a running theme throughout these because alter egos, but I wanted to call it out uh, specifically. So the next, and I feel like this one is the most common use of alter egos based on conversations I've had, um, articles I've read, etc. Trying out new approaches. So this might be um, when you think about public speaking or social events, you know, some of those can be anxiety inducing. Some of those can be um, stressful just because you feel like you don't have the particular skill or you get flustered or what have you. And so you may try out new approaches. So you might adopt an alter ego or develop an alter ego who is capable of public speaking or who has a particular sense of humor um, at social events. Um, Maybe even just one day a week, you're going to try out something new for yourself just to be like, I'm going to be the kind of person who. Um, So for me, this might be, I'm going to be the kind of person who smiles at strangers in passing. It's different in a masked age, but... (laughs) That idea is still the same of I'm going to try out something new for myself and it might feel like a stretch. It might feel like a lot um, for me to ask, but I'm going to do it in a, in a, maybe it's a time box manner, maybe it's in a context based manner, but I'm going to be the kind of person who I'm going to create a persona that is. And I think this is also something that we see um, and uh, kind of tying back to uh, earlier, differentiation online versus in person, right? So you might have um, a, a, a an approach that you want to have in how you talk about yourself professionally, and that's, you explore that voice with your posts in, you know, a professional forum online. First is, maybe you have a tighter knit community that you're a part of online where, you know, no holds barred. You don't really have a, you don't change anything about yourself. Um, it's not persistent in any way. It's just sort of like, yeah, 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 this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm saying. And then you may have another place, another um, tool that you use, social media or otherwise, where you've kind of developed a 
a practice, an approach there. And so you, you might try things out in that world because of that language of that particular um, persona, that alter ego of that platform before you would take anything into the real world of your day-to-day use. So that's this idea of trying out new approaches. Um, and I, again, I think people more commonly pursue this, whether or not they think of it as an alter ego. And then the fourth one, something I've sort of come across more recently in a, a couple books, articles, podcasts, and I think this is really helpful and it kind of, <laughs> I kind of was like, wait, what, you can do that? And this is this idea of separation for reflection and distance. So where this was introduced to me was this idea of naming the critical voice in your head. And instead of just being like, you know, berating yourself and just thinking about, ah, I'm so mean to myself, or yeah, well, it's true, uh, or whatever it is, which may or may not be helpful as you're, you know, kind of understanding and exploring the impact of that on yourself. If you give that, that voice a, a, a nomenclature, if you speak of that voice as an alter ego, so it's not you, it is a variation on you. And so, you know, why is K, um, so why do they talk to me that way? Well, maybe they're trying to help and they're, they're just very much worry oriented and, you know, they seem to be very influenced by, you know, how much they've had to eat recently and how good a night's sleep they had. And so, you know, I can, I can appreciate what Kay is trying to do. It, I don't find it particularly helpful. So Kara's is asking Kay to just today, you know, <laughs> This sort of critical voice and taking it as, as separate from oneself, right? There's a distancing there that allows for relating to it differently and having a different framework for it. And I think this is also something that you can do um, with other people in your life when they are out of sorts uh, and it's irregular. Like this isn't something standing that they do on, all the time, but maybe on occasions when they're out of sorts, they are, they have this part of themselves that manifests. And instead of thinking of it as like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, this extreme, we think of it as just like this alter ego that emerges, right? So that being able to kind of separate that occasional problematic um, experience um, and behavior and tendencies and being able to have some distance from it, right? Turn down the emotional temperature in, in thinking about it and trying to understand that and being able to converse about it with the person if that's something that you're, you know, trying to do or you're comfortable with. Um, but I think that is also very powerful use of alter egos and sort of applying that lens to aspects of ourselves and saying this this is a alter ego. It's not, it's not me. It's a, it's this part over here. This is an alter ego. And I think sometimes we do that, right? We might be like, oh, my evil twin, right? <laughs> but again, I think we, we might take that to an extreme, which might be <laughs> perhaps less helpful. But again, I think we have these practices. We do these things. We may or not, may or may not think of them as alter ego practices. So 
that's where I've been spending some time thinking recently. I think overall the lessons in, in what I'm learning from alter ego practices, is, you know, they're, they're, they're helpful in process, processing risk, right? Whether it looks like risk or it feels like risk, it can help us sort of process risk, whether we're approaching something that feels risky or we've experienced something that feels risky and we're trying to give ourselves some distance from it. Um, you know, learning how is something versus how might something that I think is it alter egos are powerful for learning. And this sort of <laughs> um, evolution of self, right? This, um, it there, an alter ego is an, uh, is an empathic process as you're developing one, as you're projecting them on others, you're telling the story, and you're creating that story. And if you do this in conversation, it can be fun and it can bring up things you hadn't quite realized before. But I, I think this lens will, has been and will continue to be helpful for me. So I hope it is helpful for you to think about um, how we're likely already using alter egos, whether or not we think of it um, as such. And again, I don't want to confuse this with um, code switching or, or anything else. This is this is something a little bit different where you're kind of creating this, this personality, you're identifying it, you're drawing some lines around it and saying, this is for this place. This is for this um, experience. This is for understanding X, Y, or Z, right? Um, and again, I don't think we, we call it out as alter egos, but some people may be very um, aware of this practice and use it regularly. I'm, I'm curious to know. So uh, you can find me, Likely True Pod, on Twitter or come to likelytrue.com. Um, yeah. What, what, what does alter egos look like in your life? Um, how do you use them? Do you use them? Um, what alter egos in the world are you interested in, inspired by, etc.? Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk again soon. Take care. Be well.